Hello and welcome, everyone, to Good Old Rocky Talk, a Vol Society podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my partners, the Davids. We're glad you're listening wherever you are. This is Good Old Rocky Talk. Welcome back to Episode 5 of Good Old Rocky Talk. I'm your host, Brad Frank, along with my partners, as usual. David Dees and David Morrison. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Good evening, Brad. Doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Good evening, Brad. It's good to it's good to hear your voices. I tell you, I'm digging this Monday. We're recording on a Monday night. I'm digging this two night uh or two NFL games on a Monday night. It's kind of nice. You got the Bengals Rams tonight and you got the Eagles Buccaneers. So I'm tuning into those while we record. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I guess we could start with NFL since you're kind of talking about it already, Dees. Uh, my Panthers, unfortunately, took another L Sunday. We're 0-3. We're doing great right now. Uh, Started Andy Dalton. Yeah. Well, we had a chance there. It was a closer game than I thought it would be, but we just just still couldn't get that win. And, I, and I'm so sorry, Dees, your team – Failed you yesterday, uh, Falcons. They got the L and and Morrison. Yeah. Oh, Morrison. Oof. What is going on? Those Titans. Woof. Uh, maybe somebody needs to start dating Taylor Swift on the Titans, and maybe we can get some wins. Hey, I, I want to say <laughs> something. I want to say something real quick. I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, I love Taylor Swift. I I, I think she's awesome. She's obviously popular. Guys, I, I don't understand the media sometimes. I'm, I mean this. I woke up this morning and I'm looking through, as I always do, my social media and all that. Hey, I, every third post is this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey ordeal. It's just videos of Taylor Swift. I mean, forget the football game. It's all about the Taylor Swift being there, and she's dating Kelsey and all that. It is outrageous. Do you agree? It's crazy. It is. I mean, I was going to mention this when we were talking about what you've learned this week in college football. I was going to make the joke of, well, for people who are tired of Dion, now we get the uh, the circus of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift on the sports media for two weeks now. Uh, so... I think this may be the biggest uh, – David David D's going to get a kick out of this. This may be the biggest sports celebrity couple since David Justice Halle Berry of the 90s. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Which that did not end well. No, no didn't end well at all. It ended about as well as Andre Rising and Left Eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. fantastic. We'll get off of that. At least, at least, I think Hallie was with him in the middle of the when she filmed the Flintstones. Yeah. Is that true? It was around the same the time, right? I think so. Well, let me ask what you this. Classic. Let me ask you this. You guys see this relationship lasting a long time? Are they going to be get happily, you know, ha- married and live happily ever after, or is just just a fling? Uh, I'm giving uh, it. I'm sorry, Dees. Uh, I'm giving no, it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to give it through New Year's. After, wow. Maybe after Super Bowl. Wow. They'll make New it to Christmas. They'll, they'll make it to Christmas and have a wonderful Christmas at the Kelsey's with Jason and Travis and Mama Kelsey. And uh, and then I'm going to give it to about New Year's. You think Taylor Swift's just going to 
Shake it off. Shake it off. Ooh, 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 ooh. I think so. Sorry, guys. She'll shake it off. She's going to shake it off, huh? She's going to shake Travis Kelsey off. New Year's, according to Morrison. Woo! All right. That's enough, Taylor. This Tennessee podcast has started off really well. It's awesome. Yeah, we did digress a little bit. But, hey, that's what's in the news today is Taylor Swift. So we have to talk about it. You know what, Brad? This is our show. We can talk about whatever hey, we want. we can do whatever we want. That's why we run the show. Oh, guys. So let's go back. Let's get back on topic here. Uh, it's great. I will say it's great coming off of a win. It's good to be back in the win column against a UTSA. So, and, uh, and, and I'm happy about that. Uh, just you guys know this, but the fans don't. I actually, I hope everyone had a good weekend, by the way. I had a great weekend. I actually took the fam, and we took a, an extended weekend way deep in the mountains of North Carolina. So deep and up there, three, 4,000 uh, in elevation that we, we didn't really have internet, TV. I mean, it was just one of those kind of weekends, which is good to have every once in a while. So I didn't even get to watch the game. I just got to hear about it from you guys. And when I finally got some internet, I got to look at some of the stats. So I know a little bit about what's going on, but I'm going to have to rely on you guys this week to kind of break this down. So I'll tell you what, how about we just go ahead and get right into the first segment. Recapping the Tennessee-UTSA game. All right, so the Vols won big. And you know what? Our predictions, I, hey, I don't know about you guys, my prediction was, was pretty close. I think I said 44-24, I think. And the Vols won 45-14. So they did get a pretty good win. They beat them pretty bad. However, this is where I need you, Morrison and Dees. What in the world happened in that second half? In particular, that third quarter. Uh, I'm just looking at the stats since I didn't watch the game, and it is atrocious compared to what happened in the first and second quarter. Who wants to go first? Explain this victory to me and our fans. Were you happy with this win? Were you not happy? What are your concerns? Morrison. Go first. All right. So I was there live and in living color uh, at Neyland Stadium. Um, first, I mean, first play of the game, uh, Tennessee got the ball uh, at their own 20 after D. Williams run it out of the end zone for some crazy reason, but I'm not going to go down there. Uh, but Joe Milton, fake read option, took it down the field, 80 yards untouched. Tennessee up 7 nothing. by the time you got sailed down. David so, Morrison, and I remember not to cut you up? off. That first no, you're touchdown good. you're talking about. I want to mm -hmm. hint on this real quick, and then I'm going to let you continue that. But I think it's important to, to note that we had the first ever Spanish radio broadcast at that game Saturday. Yes, we did. Led by Carlos Lopez. And I believe the reason for this uh, was uh, in honor of Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. And... You talk about that first touchdown about Joe Milton. I want our fans to hear this quick segment, this recap from Carlos Lopez that is going viral. You talk about awesome. energy. Let's hear this real quick. Is that okay with you, Morrison? 
Go right ahead. I vamos, vamos, vamos. Ya los let's, let's go. Here we go. This is what it this this is what it's all about, folks. Del campo dos recibirá abajo del campo en la posición en la formación de escopeta mandando un hombre en moción por atrás del quarterback se la entrega por el medio del campo no se queda John Milton por la calle por la parte izquierda agarrando grama señoras y señoras y se está yendo en la 40 en la 30 en la 20 en la 10 dale 6 dale 6 dale 6 que aquí hay un touchdown Los primeros seis del juego, señoras y señores. Una corrida de 80 yardas para John Milton. Dale seis. Y una buena opción. Una buena Dale opción seis. Dale seis. Woo. Dale seis. Touchdown. Hey, let me tell you right now. Was that not awesome? Seriously, guys. Was that not incredible? That's incredible. I loved it. That was really good. Guys. I'm all for this staying for the rest of our season and continuing. Hey, I don't even speak I'll Spanish. Before I listen to Brother, Kessler, you, hey, bingo! I don't even speak Spanish, and I'd rather hear that. No offense to Bob Kessling, but I'd rather hear that all day. That was fantastic energy. I don't even know what he said, and I love it. Was that not awesome? It was, it was awesome. Electric. Uh, yeah, electric, really, really, electric, really yes. cool idea from the Vault Network uh, to do that. Oh, I, hey, man, and I'll tell you the the publicity that it's getting and the reactions. Man, you might see this continue. I'm not kidding you. This was awesome. And if you get time, look up Carlos Lopez on WBIR. They did a special on him. Uh, you go online wbir.com and you'll see a special on Carlos Lopez about where he came from and how his road to get to where he is today was not that easy. But with hard work, dedication, you can do anything in life. So go check that out, WBIR.com. Uh, sorry, Morrison, I just had to share that. Continue, no, I, continue that is with totally the fine. game, please. No, continue. no. So I just mentioned Joe Milton, uh, 80-yard touchdown opening play of the game. Tennessee's up 7 nothing, And I remember thinking, this is what we need. This is a great start right here. And really, just going through the first half, I really love the play calling they did with Joe Milton. You know, Joe Milton took that 80-yard touchdown run, and then he felt very comfortable running uh, when he needed to. Uh, and I know a lot of Tennessee fans are kind of tired of the bubble screens, and I get it. But I thought Tennessee looked very comfortable doing those plays, uh, getting Joe Milton into a rhythm. And Tennessee was really, you know, cooking on a uh, first half offensively, getting down the field and – uh I thought the the team felt very comfortable, and UTSA couldn't really answer. Uh, and then UTSA ended up starting uh, Eddie Lee Marburger at quarterback. Uh, you know, it, it felt like he just couldn't control the crowd noise. Kudos to Ball, uh, Ball Nation for coming out and really uh, bringing a great home field advantage, as always. Uh, but, yeah, UTSA was really struggling in that first half, and like I said, Tennessee was just, was just firing on all cylinders. And, you know, maybe I'll – drunk too much Nico Kool-Aid, but I'm thinking after halftime, I was like, well, Nico's going to start the second half. Yeah, we're finally going to see Nico, and it didn't happen, but uh, we did see a lot of younger receivers come into play due to kind of some banged-up injuries. Uh, Keaton did get banged up in the second half, uh, didn't return, but doesn't sound like he's serious. But, uh, you know, Caleb Webb got his first touchdown, so happy for him. Uh, You know, we saw Chaz Nimrod. We saw, like, a lot of – a lot of rotation in the wide receivers getting some reps. So let me uh, Dylan ask you. Samp- so let me ask yeah, you, Morrison, not to cut you off. All right, so first no. half, it sounds like 
balls were just clicking. All cylinders just looking good. Mm-hmm. Joe Milton, I, I assume, was pretty accurate, as you say. Yeah, um, felt very comfortable. Obviously, they were scoring points, putting up points, and uh, defense was doing what they needed to do. So let's now, now, now real quickly because we got a lot to talk about. So let's let's go to the second half now. Okay, what what happened? In a nutshell, all right. What so, a couple things. So UTSA, uh, they swapped quarterbacks out. They brought in Owen McCowan, the son of Josh McCowan, a Colorado transfer. Uh, and you know, I just don't think Tennessee was ready for him to play. I mean, ten, uh, UTSA had been running with Frank Harris at quarterback. He got hurt. Uh, so now when they brought in McCowan, this their third different quarterback, and I, I you know. Tennessee was, wasn't ready for him, and McCowell went down two straight drives, got a couple touchdowns, ended up the day 18 for 20, 170 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, which he threw late to Warren Burrell. Uh, and then uh, in the third quarter, Joe Milton got hit in the knee. Uh, that's kind of been the talking point. Um, I'll let these kind of elaborate more on that. But uh looked like he was just kind of off sync uh, in the third quarter, and, and the offense just kind of sputtered in the third quarter. And like I said, just – you know, UTSA getting those two touchdowns in the third quarter. Uh, well, let me ask kind you of this. Brought some life. So mm-hmm. are we saying, because I didn't see the game, guys. Are we saying, and D's, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. Are we saying that because Milton had a little, maybe a little injury going on there, that's why we played bad? Yes or no? No, I don't think that's what we're saying. I do think there could be a correlation. Okay. Um, but bottom line is we're, we, we're getting used to seeing Joe Milton be consistently inconsistent. Mm. Uh, he has these lulls in ball games where he'll, he did it against Austin P. Uh, he did it against uh, Florida to some degree where he just has this series of two of just inerrant throws, inaccurate throws. Um, mm. His decision-making wasn't poor in the game. It was just really just, sailing some balls over guys' heads as we've seen him have the tendency to do. And it's just, I, I don't, I don't know if it's, he was playing really well until the leg injury and then he just kind of fell off. Um, so I'm sure they could be related, but I'm also just used to seeing Joe be inconsistent. So I don't know what was what I know he had an MRI done the other day. I haven't heard how that went. I'm assuming he's going to be ready to go against South Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a shame that we're getting in these ball games with these inferior opponents and we're not getting, any um, significant playing time for Nico. He only got a couple of series in the game of the day, and it's just wasted opportunities. Uh, you're a play away from Joe going down, and then what, you know? Yeah. Um, you got Nico coming in with only a few snaps under his belt. So I just think those are opportunities you got to take advantage of. I was disappointed when they rolled Joe back out there at the start of the second half. I was hoping it was going to be Nico the whole second yeah. half. I don't know if the concern, I don't know what the concern is. I don't know if they're trying to get Joe in more of a rhythm with the offense and with his receivers, and that's what it is, or if it's um, not wanting to show Nico to anyone. I, I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, Joe didn't play well in the third quarter. And uh, the defense really started having some problems when they switched quarterbacks. And that kind of opened their offense up a little bit. And our defense, our pass defense in particular, did not respond very well. Um, still seeing a lot of soft coverage in the secondary and guys just, you know, playing way off the ball and they were able to take advantage of that. David, but is it our players all in all the wins is it our players on yeah. defense not performing? Or is it or do we have concerns with our, our defensive coach? What I think it's both. You know, for, for a couple of years now we've seen really soft coverage get exposed and I'm concerned about it Saturday night against South Carolina. We'll get to that later, but 
Um, yeah. I don't know, man. You've seen these same, same veteran players, and they give this huge cushion off the ball, and teams pick it apart. And I know part of the defensive scheme is to bend but don't break, and they want to be, you know, give up some, some space but don't give up the big play. Uh, but it's kind of infuriating when you keep letting teams off the hook on third down. You saw it against Florida all game. They kept picking us apart on third down, third and oh, 10, yeah. third and oh, eight, yeah. third and 15. And they complete a sideline pass and get a first down. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's, I would say it's probably both scheme and players, but uh, it's kind of frustrating to watch when, when you just stand there and let them pick you apart, especially if you're not going to bring pressure to the quarterback. So, uh, but all in all, you know, the pass rush was good again in the first half, which is what you should do against a team like that. Um, a lot of guys in the backfield and, all in all, not a terrible performance, but uh, you know, still enough there to leave you worried as you move into SEC play further into mm. it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Go One ahead. final thing on uh, Joe Milton, uh, Brad. Uh, yeah. Taylor Davis, who was the sideline reporter, I went back and watched her Facebook stories before the game, mm-hmm. and she admitted uh, – she was at, answering some questions from the fans, and she admitted on her – Facebook stories that are sorry, Instagram stories uh, that basically Josh Heupel told the announcers that Nico was not going to play. So don't expect to see Nico to play now. I don't know if they were just trying to just play smoke and mirrors with that or whatever, but to, according to her, she said that the coaching staff felt very comfortable with Joe Milton and his play and how he Mm -hmm. runs the offense. So take that for what you worth, but it's, uh, I thought it was very interesting. She brought that up. It is interesting. It is interesting. And, uh, I mean, so far you're right. I mean, it appears they're riding and are dying, you know, with, with Joe Milton and, uh, and, and again, it it takes me back to a time when we had a Jarrett Garantano and it was a similar situation where I'm not comparing the two, but it was a similar situation where, you know, a certain coach just, no matter what happened, this is your, this is our guy. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Joe Milton. And, and, um, and it just concerns me a little bit, you know, I, I really want to like Joe Milton. I mean, I, I love him as a person, but I just, the inconsistency is really driving me nuts and you're really not going to get away with that. Uh, these next few ball games, especially the one we have in a few days. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I, and I think we all three have concerns. We're going to get into that uh, later on in the, the, uh, in the show. But um, how about we move on to our next segment, guys? Thanks for breaking that game down for me. Uh, again, I was not able to, to be there or watch that game. Um, so thanks for breaking it down. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our, our next segment, okay? What did we learn this past week? in college football. Well, again, I didn't watch a lot of football. I was out in the in the boondocks, <clears throat> no internet or anything like that, but there are what I do know, I do want to mention um with what little I do know from this past weekend, but uh I do want to kind of highlight coach Prime. Oh man. Oh man. As he as he called it himself, he took a good old country butt whooping against Oregon. Woo-wee! Hey, man, I'm all for Deion Sanders, what he's doing. As, as we have talked about on the podcast, 
we're just sick of the media and how they're just constantly talking this story up and all that. That probably shut it down a little bit. I mean, they got their tail whooped, forty-two to six. So I thought that was interesting. You know, it's something I think we all learned that uh, that you know that team can be beat and not. They didn't just get beat; they got blasted. So, woo, that was a tough one. No, no surprise there. And they were, you know, a twenty-something point underdog. Yeah. Uh, they've they've had three games that were winnable, but they're about to start playing some teams in the Pac-12 that they're just not going to be able well, to play. Absolutely. Well, um, remember last week in the pod, I, I told Morrison, I said, "Hey, if they if that team can somehow win their next two or three games, then I'll then I will say, hey, Deion Sanders, that's the greatest coach in college football right now." But well, what he's done has been phenomenal to this point, and I think uh, you know they're they're a team of the future. As long as he's there, he's gonna he's gonna get players, and they're gonna no question. They're going to win no games. Question. He's just, he's too far behind the eight ball of talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see what else I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, um, it's worth mentioning that Ohio state Notre Dame game, man, I wish I could have seen that game. I went back and watched the highlights. You know, I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I'm a big fan of their quarterback, Sam Hartman, but uh, man, what a battle. Did, did you guys see the game? What was it? Did it, was it a, a, a touchdown by Ohio state or something at the last second or? Yeah. At one second left or, you know, final second of the game. Um, it was a defensive struggle the whole way. And uh, Notre Dame finally got the lead late, a couple minutes left. And then uh, Ohio State went down the field on them. And, you know, they they had several fourth down plays that they converted on, I think. And Wow. Um, crazy ending. Right as this, you know, talk about deflating. You think your team's going to win, and then all of a sudden, just one second. Oh, it's left crazy! And punch it it's in crazy. Well, listen, two good football, yeah. great game, yeah. two really yeah, good, absolutely. two really good defenses, yeah, two really yeah. good. A couple football notes teams, on that game, sure. Brad. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was hurt in that game, and it looked like it was pretty severe. But he got to come back in in that last drive. So really, and then the the yeah, he that was there was a lot of concern with that, and then. The final touchdown by Ohio State to win the game, Notre Dame only had 10 players on the field. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Uh, they talked to the coach. And for any of you gamblers out there, it was a three-point spread. So, a funny, weird ending. So, Ohio State scores. Time runs out. They review the play. They determine that he does score, but that he, he, went, he went into the end zone with one second left on the clock. So, they're up two. And had time ran out, there would have been no extra point. But because time was because they were said they're one sec they put one second back on the clock, they kicked an extra point and that made it a three point Ohio State win instead Isn't of a that two. crazy. God, that's so nuts. Vegas, baby. Vegas indeed, man. They're powerful. Man, that's wild. FSU beat Clemson. Glad to see that. I'm not a Clemson fan. I'm I'm just great. Not. Great game. But apparently a really good game. Uh, was that was Clemson's that, 0-2 in ACC play for the first time since 2010. Was that one in overtime, yeah. guys? Yes. Yes, okay. it was. 31-24, FSU wins. Uh, Bama. Clemson you know, played really well. Uh, they just didn't have it there at the end. Florida State beat them. Bama. They beat Ole Miss. Uh, not by much, though. 24-10. And then LSU. Lane Kiffin continues to not be able to beat anybody of No, he substance. can't do it. And then LSU beat uh, Arkansas. I saw 34-31. That's about all I really caught, guys. Um, I'm still catching up. I just got home a few hours ago. So, uh, what, what did you guys learn in college football this past week? Anything that I didn't mention? Go ahead. 
each week I keep feeling like the Pac-12 is the best conference out there, at least to this point. Oh, they are. Uh, I watched Washington State, Oregon State. You talk about a phenomenal game. Washington State's offense will remind Tennessee fans a lot of our offense last year. Uh, they go fast. Their quarterback's phenomenal, like Kenan Hooker. He just seems to always make the right decisions. They've got playmakers on the outside that, you know, are good to get downfield after the catch. They're a dangerous team. And then Washington, the Huskies, they blew out California, took care of business. And I continue to think Washington, Oregon, and uh, Washington State uh, are all contenders. We'll see what USC can do. You know, they've kind of been up and down. But uh, that, from top to bottom, that's a really good league this year. I've really enjoyed watching their games when I've been able to catch them. And uh, to this point, they have more depth and better teams than what I've seen in the SEC. I would agree 100%. Morrison? Um, what I learned was there's a lot of angry coaches out there kind of calling out uh, different people in media. You know, we kind of mentioned – uh, Dan Lanning was very fired up in his uh, pregame about Colorado, and they took care of business, which that's kind of under the bridge. And then Ryan Day got upset over Lou Holtz, of all people in the world. Uh, for those that didn't know, Lou Holtz that. was on. Uh, Lou Holtz was on Pat McAfee's show Friday. Pat did his show from Notre Dame, uh, and you know, you know Coach Holtz was just kind of rallying up the Notre Dame fans and saying, oh, yeah, they're going to win by 10. Ohio State's been soft and all that. And Ryan Day kind of called out uh, Lou Holtz. He, he, <laughs> he didn't that. kind of. He did. Well, he did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That was awesome. Uh, that was I'm, really cool to see. Yeah. And he had then a lot of Washington, passion in that speech. Yeah, and then <laughs> Washington State's coach uh, calling out Lee Corso. For he made a comment yep. on game day about the Oregon State Washington State game, calling it the nobody wants this bowl game, which I thought was kind of a little humorous, but there's some truth, and he didn't like that. So, a lot of a lot of angry coaches, and I kind of wonder if it has to do with just Dion just really kind of opening up his personality, which we knew he would. I mean, maybe I'm just observing it more. Well, but it seems like we're seeing more coaches now really speaking what's yeah. on their mind instead of coach talk. Well, Morrison, hey. It's not just college that's got some angry coaches. NFL's the same way. In particular, uh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Denver Broncos head coach. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about that game Saturday, uh, Sunday? Yeah, I, the Against Dolphins Miami? put 70 on them. Yeah. <laughs> 70. Mm -hmm. Did you see his press conference afterwards? Woo! I'm sure he was. I didn't get to see all of it. I heard he was not. Oh, he was not. He thrilled. was. Fired up, buddy. He was mad. Anyways, yeah, there were there were coaches all over the league, NFL and college, not too happy this weekend. Uh, anything else you learned, Morrison? Not just uh just another great Saturday. That was a very loaded Saturday. A lot of great games. Yeah, I hate that I miss those. I really do. I hate I hate to miss <laughs> college football, but every once in a while, you know, you just need to you got to go and take a little. A little mini vacation. Like a little you know? I understand that. A little rest. Uh, but October's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it Usually is. October's where you separate your contenders from your pretenders. Oh, so yeah. We'll find out. That. Woo! Yep. I like gonna, it, Morrison. You're going to see that. I love mm -hmm. it. Well, you know what, guys? Let's go to our third segment, and this is my favorite segment. Mailbag section. All right, guys, this is where we hear from our loyal Vol Society fans. If you don't know and you're listening right now to good old Rocky Talk, 
We have a Facebook page. We're also on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, YouTube. Uh, we are a part of Vol Society, V-O-L Society. So find us there, and that's where we uh, we do a lot of interacting with our fans, and they ask us questions. And, and in return, we say, hey, we're going to read these questions over the air, and we're going to do our best to answer those for you. So let's go ahead and get started with this, guys. Uh, we're going to take our first, uh, our first question from Bo. Bo from Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Where in the heck is Bell Buckle, Tennessee? Guys, help me. I have no idea. These. <laughs> I think it's somewhere around Nashville, maybe. Bell Buckle, Tennessee. I tell you who's from, I tell you who's from there. Uh, Keon Johnson. Wow. Okay. Mm. Well, you've heard of Bell Buckle then. I have never heard of Bell Buckle, Tennessee. But we know I know somebody that's from there, and his name is Bo. Bo. Let's get to your question, buddy. Thanks for uh, tuning in to, to Vol Society and good old Rocky Talk. All right, his question. Does Tennessee have a chance to beat Bama two years in a row? Mm, that's a really good question, Bo, from Bell Buckle. All right, Bo, here's what I'm going to say. It is so crazy how I keep changing my mind, and it's already – what week are we on now? Is this week four or five? Uh, four? Week four. All right. Uh, my my brain has just been going left and right about about our vols. I'm not kidding you. One one day I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna do this this year. Uh, nope, now we're not gonna do this this year. Nope, now we're gonna do that. Okay, so here's my answer to this, Bo. As of this week, I put it a fifty fifty shot. I'm not kidding you. Now, a few weeks ago, I would say, we're going to get cream. There's no way we're going to Bama. We look terrible. Our defense is terrible. Joe Milton's inconsistent. But here's the thing. Alabama's struggling, guys. This is not the Alabama of old. Th these guys are really struggling. They're like us. You know, they don't look that good. I have to give this a 50-50 shot right now. Um, Since it's, I would say this, since it's at Bama, I'd probably give them a, a 51% just to be a little slightly a bigger advantage. But, hey, I think it's anyone's game as of right now. What do you guys think? Am I crazy? I, yeah, you're crazy. Tennessee's not beating Alabama this year. I thought they would before the season. Hey, listen, how we beat them last year? We beat them with Hendon Hooker making plays and Jalen Hyatt making yeah. plays. Do we have either of those guys on our roster? No. Do we have anybody that's done anything close to what they did last year to beat Alabama? No. Have we seen a receiver get behind the defense consistently all year and Joe Milton be able to hit him in stride? No. So Tennessee, unfortunately, will not be beating Alabama. This Passion. Year. Sorry. Passion. You hear this, guys? This guy just said to the founder. And it pains me to say it. This guy just said to the founder, no, you're wrong. You don't know what you're doing. Guys. Beating Alabama last year was one of the greatest days of oh, my life. Oh, it's incredible. It ain't happening this year. All right. Not with this Not with this roster. Wow. This guy just put me on blast and said what I said was a bunch of bull crap. Morrison, are you also going to call me crazy? Uh, I probably won't call you crazy, but I'm kind of on Deez's side. I, I just Whoa. don't right now see it. I don't really don't see it. Um kind of a little bit what Dee says, but, you know, never say never. Guys. Uh, any given week. You, let, me, let me ask you this. Now it's time for a debate. Do you think Alabama looks good right now? 
they're not looking not not at all. I mean, no, I think not. they look terrible. We said the same thing about Florida, Brad. Yes. Yes. Hey, now I'm not saying we play like we did against Florida. We play like we did against Florida. It's over. Game over. But, man, Alabama is struggling, guys. I'm just saying there's a chance. I'm just saying there's a chance. Bama Bama does have back-to-back road games coming up. Uh, They played Mississippi State on Saturday at Mississippi State and then – and then at Texas A&M on the 7th, uh, then they get Arkansas uh, at home before okay. they host us. So they, they do have a, I don't want to say a difficult stretch, but, you know, those back-to-back road games, that could be interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's right now, I mean, I th- we've got a tougher road ahead than probably what Bama does right now. And I will gladly eat crow if if we can pull Whoa. that off. I would I would love to eat crow and say I'm wrong. I would love, you know. I, I, Tell you what I'm going to do. I work with a guy who's an Alabama. Tell family. you what I'm going to do. I, I would I would do anything for Tennessee to win that when, game. I just don't tell see you what it. I'm going to do, guys. When I came home a few hours ago from my trip from the mountains, turned in here to uh on one of these side roads here to get to my subdivision. There's a dead crow out there on the side of the road. I'm going to go get that, scoop it up with a shovel, put it in a box. I'm going to put it in my freezer, and I'm going to hold you to that, David Dees. And if we win that game, I'm going to take that crow out of my freezer, priority ship that to your house in Tennessee, and we're going to go live on the air and let you eat that crow, big boy. Let's do it. I'll gladly do it. Hey, and Morrison. I thought you were a glass half full guy. What happened I to said that never guy? Say never. I said never say never. Gosh. You guys just destroyed me here. Bo. Bo, Bo, Bo. From Bell Buckle. Man, I hope you're on my team, Bo. Don't be on the, the David's team. I've got a glass half full attitude going on here, guys. I'm calling it 50-50 right now. Boom. All right, great question, Bo. I got to make a note in my planner here when the podcast is over tonight to get a shovel, go to the road out back, get the crow. All right, I think I have a shoebox over here too. All right, cool. All right, great question. Let's go to our next question. Hey, guys, this comes from Freddie from, oh, I know this area very good. Have a lot of family from this area. Lenore City, Tennessee. Not too far away from Knoxville, just south. Just south of Knoxville. You go, you know, Lenore City, you're gonna be in Knoxville in what, 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes? Depending on which area in Knoxville you're wanting to get to. All right, Freddie. We appreciate the question here. He asked, where would you rank Joe Milton? in current starting QBs in the SEC? Wow, that's a good question. It's a good question. I, uh, D- David. Oh, man, I hate a this. Tough, I know. it's woo, but I don't want to pick on Joe. I don't want to pick on him either, but I, I would say he's definitely, I mean, he's definitely better than some of these QBs in the SEC. I can tell you that. Let me put it to you this way. Let me, okay, let's break this down a little bit. I'd say he's better. Hey, would you say he's better than who's Bama's quarterback? Is it Jalen Milrow? Jalen Milrow. 
You'd say he's better. I'd say uh, he's better than him. I'd say he's better. Okay. That's one. He's better. Uh, I would say Graham Mertz, Florida. Is he better than Graham Mertz? No. No? Here's Graham Mertz is a better game manager. Okay. I think it's iffy. Was he better than Joe Milton when we played him? Absolutely. Graham Mertz destroyed us. But I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. Um, let me ask you a question. Carson, I don't either. Carson Beck, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what? I, I would give Joe the Absolutely. Edge. So, Joe, you're looking good so far. I put him over Jackson Dart. Yes. I would too. Yes. Uh, would you would you put him over AJ Swan? Vandy? No, yeah. yeah. Okay. Looking good, Joe. How about Devin uh, Leary, Kentucky? Mm, jury's still out. I think that's I think that's close. I think we're starting to get in that Joe range, huh? What huh? about KJ Jefferson? I, I think you're right there in Ugh. that. I think it's still right there in that Joe range, in my opinion. Uh, here now, now, now let's do this. I'm gonna name some quarterbacks that I think are absolutely in front of Joe Milton. Okay. I'm gonna first go with. Okay, let's see. I'm gonna first. I'm gonna go Jaden Daniels. He's probably my number one if we're talking SEC. I'd say he's up there, top two or three. Jaden Daniels, um, Spencer Rattler. I hate to say it, I really do. I hate to say it, man. I'm not a fan of this guy. Spencer Rattler's the best quarterback. In yeah, the league, right? I think you're probably right. He's definitely up there, top two or three. Um, God, we got to play them Saturday. Oh, we're gonna get to that in our next segment. But uh, he's up there, uh, Connor. Um, what's his name um, at A&M? Bregman. Uh, is it Weg- Bregman. Wegman, Gregman, something? Wegman, Wegman whatever I think it is. It is. I don't know. He's, he's, he's better. better. He's better. better. Um, I, well, what about Will Rogers, Mississippi State? He's better, I think. I think if you put him in our offense, he'd be better. Well, but he's not. But, yeah, you're probably right. So, all right, we set a bunch of these. I don't know if we set them all, but. I think the guy at Missouri is better. Yes, uh, I agree with that. I would say think? I would say Milton's like in that. Like middle, middle. Would you say he's probably somewhere in the middle, guys? I'd say somewhere in yeah, the middle. Middle of the road. Uh, probably middle, middle of the road. road. Yeah. Okay. I think. I think. I we, think. Uh, and this yeah. is probably going to sound like a backhanded compliment to Joe, but I just think some of the ones that we named that are better than him, it just probably has to do with his experience and his ability to what he can do. Um. And I guess some stats too, but it's, you know, like we mentioned AJ Swan and Jackson Dart. I mean, Joe's been around a long time compared to a lot of these other guys. Yeah. So, man, but, but I think I'm just calling it like it is, man. I love Joe, but look, man, I just, I'm sorry, man. This guy's been here so long. He's had so many opportunities. I just don't like seeing the Uncle Rico of Napoleon Dynamite, you know, throwing footballs over the mountain, you know, and not, we need a guy who's just, consistent man it can hit their targets and we got we got i don't know anyways i'm gonna quit talking about him um so hopefully that answers your question freddie um i'd like to see joe milton a little higher up but i'd say he's in the middle of the road right now in terms of sec all right let's go to one more question guys leo leo from tracy city tennessee where the heck is tracy city 
It's actually only about an hour and a half from where I live here in Chattanooga, Udawai area. What? It's uh, in Grundy County. Really? I did not know that. Man, I tell you, I need to. I'm gonna pull a map out, Tennessee, and learn learn my areas. All right, Leo from Tracy City, Tennessee. He asked, "Do you guys expect Dylan Sampson to get more carries this week?" Leo, I'm gonna tell you what. We picked this question for a reason, and I and I'm glad you asked this question. The best answer I'm going to give you is if we don't, then I'd like to have a sit down with the coaching staff and be, and, and ask them why, why, why he's not playing. Uh, we didn't see this guy play at all against Florida, which was absurd in my opinion. And I think Morrison, I think Dees would agree with that. Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, it was a serve didn't play against Florida. He actually had a great game against UTSA. Kind of just of course he did on the scene. Every time he's played, um, he's had a pretty good game. The guy is great. Yeah, and if you don't get him I, in the rotation, something's going on. So Leo, he better. My thing is, he better get carries this week. Yeah, right. We yeah we saw Jalen Wright got banged up in the in the game Saturday and Simpson just kind of took over and he was just, I mean, you could tell like he was running with a purpose. Oh, he wanted Dylan to. Sampson is one of my favorite players at Tennessee. I'm not kidding you. He's one of my favorite players. This guy's great. He goes 110% and you know what? He delivers. He's great. He's got to have more carries, man. He's got to have carries this week, especially against this team we're going up against. We need him. Dees, what do you think, man? You're on mute. Sorry. I think maybe I think he's a great player. I think maybe uh, maybe pass protection is one of the reasons they, they didn't play him against Florida. Uh, still, I think it's a I mistake. think it's inexcusable. You got to find a way to get that guy the yeah. ball. Yeah, you got to find a way to get that guy the ball. He's he's a very dynamic runner. Yeah. Um, I think you got to keep him. Keep him in the game and keep him engaged. I think he'll make plays for you. Every day he seems to be a touchdown machine. How many does he have this year? He's already oh got what, five God. or six touchdowns. Seems like every time he gets his hands on the football, he's scoring. Yeah. But uh yeah, I, I hope to see more of him this week against South Carolina. Yeah. Thanks, Leo, for the question. Appreciate it. All right, that's gonna do it for our mailbag section. We're gonna go to our final segment now. Thoughts on the South Carolina game and score predictions. All right, guys. So it's not a secret to anyone uh, that this game Saturday, and by the way, this game is uh, scheduled for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, so it is a night game at Neyland Stadium. It should be electric. If you know what happened last year, uh, this game's going to mean something, and it should mean something. Um, so the problem is we're not playing our best football, and South Carolina's looking pretty dang good especially that Spentler Rattler guy. Hey, this guy is, as we just talked about, he's probably the best quarterback in the SEC right now. And I hate to say that because I am, I am not a fan of South Carolina. Um, it is going to be, they just announced for the game. It is also going to be a dark mode uh, game. So wear your black shirts, your black hats, whatever you have. It's going to be an intimidating atmosphere. That much I, I, I know. Okay. I don't have to predict that. I know it's going to be electric. What I don't know is, is the Vols, um, 
are they going to be ready for the test? And trust me when I say this is a big test. And in my opinion, this could be the biggest, one of the biggest games of the years for the ball, uh, uh, of the year for the balls. Cause you lose this game. Yeah. You got two losses. You know what I mean? Like you win this game, man, you got something to look forward to the rest of the season and hopefully grow from there. So listen, guys, I, I have no idea what your score predictions are, but Morrison got me all motivated last week with this glass half full talk. And I, here's what I'm going to do. This game could go either way. A part of me, honestly, and I hate to say this, wants to go against my balls. I think South Carolina is playing at a at a higher level right now than Tennessee. I really believe that. But man, I just feel like this is a redemption game and something. I feel like you're going to get an Angels in the outfield scenario here, man. I think those Angels are going to come down, and something glorious, hopefully, will happen. And we get our redemption from last year. You know, we all know that horrible game last year. Hendon Hooker gets hurt. We get beat. It was just awful. Guys, I'm going to go. Vols are somehow going to pull this out. And it's going to be a dang close one. 34-31. The Vols win. That's my prediction. And I say that very nervously. I'm very nervous about this. But I'm going 34-31 balls somehow pull this out. David Dees. I'll be there for the ball game. I'm looking forward to it. I know, you know, it'll be a great environment. Um, it's a must-win game, in my opinion, for Tennessee to be able to accomplish what they – you know, I predict them to go 9-3 and three at the beginning of the year. For that to happen, I think this is one of those games you've got to get. Um, I – I agree with you. I'd like to see him win. It's a game at home, redemption game, all that stuff, dark mode. I just, this team Hold on, David. looks lost to Hold me. Hold on, David, before you do your prediction. Hold on, David. I know I know the fans listening can't see us, but you can see us, David. You can see us. I want to show you something. What's happening right now? Angels in the outfield. <laughs> I see an angel. Flapping those wings. I see an angel, buddy. Come on. Give me some good news. What do you got? Unfortunately, Danny Glover isn't walking through that door. Neither oh. is uh, neither is Tony Danza. I, I I just think Spencer Rattler in a shootout is not a matchup that Joe Milton wants. Um, I think don't make that me get ranch South Carolina. Don't make me South get Carolina's ranch Wilder on you, the voice of the Angels. South Carolina's offensive line is very gettable. Oh. Tennessee's pass rush, if they bring it, can can get after Spencer Rattler, and I think they're going to have yeah. to. However. We're trotting out pretty much the same secondary. They got picked apart last year in Columbia. Not much has changed there. The defensive coordinator is the same. The players are the same. I don't feel great about Tennessee uh, shutting them down. Uh, I don't, I don't and like where this I'm is just going. worried about Joe in a shootout. I don't man. like where this I, is I, going. I got to go. Oh, no. I hope Tennessee wins. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be pissed off if they oh, lose. No. But oh, no. Here we go. I think I got to go South Carolina, man. I think Tennessee's going to lose. This team looks lost a lot of times oh, on offense. No. Uh, their defense has lulls in games where they just go away. They still play soft coverage and get picked apart on third downs. They got to play a whole lot better. I think they're going to have to play better. They're going to have to put their best performance to date on the field Saturday to have a chance of winning this game. 
Uh, I think the crowd can carry them a long ways. I think people are going to be out there fired up. I'll be fired up. I think we can carry them. But at the end of the day, Joe Milton's got to make plays. This offensive line's got to hold up, and we got to tackle well on defense. We got to we got to hold up in the secondary. I hope you're right, Brad. I hope Angels do show up. If I see Danny Glover or Tony Danza, I'm going to be excited. But I got to I got to go with South Carolina in this one. My score prediction is going to be South Carolina 27, Tennessee 23. Oh no. Mm. David Morrison. What do you got for me, man? Mm. All right. Breaking my heart tonight, so, guys. <laughs> so, uh, here, here's some keys that Tennessee can end up getting this win. South Carolina has really struggled running the ball this year. Um, they've been averaging 75 yards uh, a game per rush, or, or, or rushing per game. Uh, their leading rusher right now is Mario Anderson at 129. Uh, so, and Tennessee's got a great defensive line. We got to find a way to stop that. But Spencer Rattler is a dynamic playmaker right now, the best quarterback in the SEC. Um, you do need to bring some pressure to him. Uh, he got sacked nine times against North Carolina. I think you're going to have to get maybe – I mean, it's going to be very impossible to sack him nine or ten times, but you got to have to force him into some third and long situations uh, and uh, find a way to, to, to hang in there. But I think this is going to be a shootout, kind of like D's. I, I'm not trusting this secondary. Oh no, uh, it's just I don't like where this is going. I really don't. I really am concerned about the secondary. And you know, yes, yeah, South Carolina did lose some guys in the transfer portal, but they did. They are returning back, like De, uh, Decorian Joiner, who mm-hmm. went off against us last year. Trey Knox is really good for them. Xavier Lindick. Aletic, however you say his name, I'm sorry. Uh, 27 catches, 556 yards, three touchdowns. Um, like I said, the, I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a highly emotional game. Uh, but I'm going oh, to no, have- don't. I don't like it. So I don't like it when you start with the but I'm going to. I'm going oh, 33-30. cock a doodle do. And it's what? 33-30? 3330 South Carolina. Guys, I'm uh, you're going to you're going to carry me out of kneeling if if Shane Beamer comes in and Spencer Rattler comes in and beats us and <sighs> Well, you guys just called him. You just predicted him to win. Hey, I'm not the one playing the game. Oh, guys, 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 guys. Mm. I just haven't seen enough consistency out of Tennessee yet to know what this football team is. I don't have confidence in them. I hope that changes. That's fair. I hope they go out Saturday and put four quarters together and I can leave that game feeling like, all right, we got a season to take on. Let's go. We got some hope. Coming out of these last couple of ball games, I don't have any hope. This team's lost a lot of time. That's fair. It's um, fair. I, I understand. I got to see them do it, man. I got to see them do it. Mm. And we had some injuries last game that I think there's going to be several guys that are probably out. We don't know who they are yet. Uh, you never can trust what's being reported during the week about injuries. Yeah. And I do hope Cooper and think Cooper Mays will be back. And I'm hoping, like I said two weeks ago, that that was going to be what carried us through. Getting him back could be a big deal for this offense. So I reserve the right to have some hope, but I just uh, coming into this one, I'm not feeling great about it. They're going to have to show me. Oh, boy. And, and this is a huge game for Heupel, too. 
I mean, we, you know, we can, I mean, yeah, it's a huge game for both coaches, but really, hey, man. I'm not going to put Heupel on the hot seat because I think it's ridiculous. Oh, my but God. I mean, no, no, no. Not even in the same sentence. We shouldn't yeah. even use that yet. Yeah. No, but no, I know no, there's no, no. I know there's there's your delusional Vol fans. Oh, wait, I mean, every fan base has fans. them. Every fan base has those guys. But, no, but I think this coach. and th- but this can be a huge momentum win for him in his career. Well, I mean, I and I'll I'll say this again. Yeah, we still have big games on the schedule. Your big Alabama game, you know, all listen. This game Saturday in my opinion in my opinion, is like one of the biggest games of the year for us. It's going to set yes. the tone of the rest of the season for us. It really is. Um, Huge I mean, game. And, and you're not going to see a talented quarterback probably the rest of the year uh, compared to Spencer Rattler. I mean, yeah, you, you, but, you know, we talked about Bama, and we talked about all the quarterbacks and comparing him with Joe. But, I mean, Spencer Rattler is a playmaker. He's been in college football for five years. He is a five-star former quarterback. Yeah, he's had, had his issues at really both schools. But, I mean, he's played a lot of big games. He's played in a lot of big stadiums. Uh, you know, th- this is going to be nothing new to him. I mean, for goodness sakes, he, he, they went to Georgia and went up 14 nothing against the Dogs. I mean, they end up getting the loss. But, to me, you're going to have to really shut down this South Carolina offense, and Spencer Rattler is the head one you're going to have to do. Like I said, yeah. North Carolina sacked him nine times uh, uh, in the first week and ended up getting a big win. Now, like I said, it's going to be tough to do that, with even with our talented defense. But Well, I'm going to tell you that's, right now. That's what you're going to have to do, and the offense is going to have to be clicking. I will say if – you know, Tennessee's offense, I, I do feel a little comfortable with. It, it, you know, especially if we saw this Tennessee offense in the first half against UTSA, I would feel confident as far as, like, staying in the game. But that secondary scares me to death. And if we're starting to miss tackles on Spencer Rattler, even if we get in, like, a third and four and third and five and he does a little rollout, we're going to have to find a way just to – we're going to have to find a way to get him in, in long situations. And and sometimes even third and fifteen scares me too. Let me tell you right now, a game Saturday is going to be electric. It's dark mode. It's a night game. And your boy, your founder of Vol Society, B Rad Frank, will be in attendance. They're going to pull that game out just because I'm there. I'm going to give them motivation. I'm going to give Tennessee my all Saturday night. Let me tell you that right now. They're going to get my all Saturday night. I'm looking forward to being back in Tennessee. This is uh, probably my first and only game. I, you know, I don't live in Tennessee anymore, but um, so I don't get to go to the games much, but I will be back this Saturday night. If you're there, if you see me, don't be shy. Say hi. We'll get a picture. We'll post it on Vol Society. Let's do it. So I will be repping Vol Society Saturday night. David Dees, uh, from what I understand, is also going to be there. We're going to miss you, Morrison. If you can somehow make it, make it. But Dees and Brad will be in attendance Saturday night, and it's going to be electric. I will be there. Woo! Go get them, boys. We're going to get them, all right. We're going to get them. All right, guys. Well, it's um, it's that time again. It's been a great show. Although I'm, um, man, 
had some disappointments tonight. You know, Morrison, that glass half full didn't didn't really stick around to this episode. Uh, got D's calling me out on the Bama game on a question earlier, and Morrison agreed with him. I mean, I just man feel left out tonight, but it is what it is. I can take it. Great episode, guys. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. I had a lot of fun tonight. Really good stuff. Be sure to join David Morrison uh, Tuesday, 8 p.m. on our Facebook page, Vol Society, for Vol Society Live. That's right, live. We had another incredible turnout last week during the live show with many fans asking questions so please be sure to tune in tuesday 8 p.m on our facebook page it is your time to shine it's a live chat room every question you ask will be answered um so please join us there i'll I'll be there hopefully as well chiming in um but morrison does a great job with that show so please join in tuesday 8 p.m eastern time from all of us here at good old Rocky Talk. I say good night and go vault.